Welcome to the Bloody Stream Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jorge. Woohoo! I didn't remember what my line was until literally it was... Come on. It was just like, you better just open your, your mouth and say it. Um, <laughs> I had... Let that muscle memory kick in. Half of one canned sex on the beach cocktail. Mm-hmm. Because a man asked me to get him one outside, and I was like, I'll get one for myself, too. I'll and, join him. <laughs> uh, they're 10%, and they, it would hit me way harder than 10% should, I feel. Yeah. It so hit that's, you. That's where right I'm, in the stomach. I'm fucking soaring right now. Um, we were discussing how we don't know the real origins of the title Sex on the Beach for the cocktail, but we were surmising that it was to be funny and say, hey, what do you have? Sex on the beach. And we kept talking about how uncomfortable it is to get that like out and not have it sound well, you, like it's just a cocktail. Because you would say a sex on the beach. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense to say sex on the beach. So I was saying like a, a better thing would be like to call it like a like a huge penis, a huge right? <laughs> Because then, if somebody's like, "What do you? What do you? What would you like?" You can be like, "Huge cock." I would like a huge penis, please. Yeah, there you or go. Like a giant penis. I, maybe a, they oh, were a just bigger penis. That's a bigger penis. Yes. yes. Maybe um maybe they were just they maybe they were using it to weed out uh virgins trying to get laid. I will have one sex on the beach, please. I, if you say it like that, I think they they just know to check ID. They go. Yeah. yeah they immediately go. Like, oh, dude, no way. Also, maybe they just named it. The bartender who came up with it named it that so they wouldn't ever have to make it because I do feel like it significantly yeah. drives down sales. That desire to have to say a sex on the beach, please. I'm That's more likely thing. to describe the ingredients that are in it to, <laughs> to make it for just me. Just give me some of the bottles and I'll brew. I'll do it myself. I'll do it. I, I won't would, even. I would love to do it myself. Uh, God you. damn it! Um, but okay. yes, we're here for the lazy during the laziest week of the year. Mm-hmm. So we're just we're over here relaxing. You're we lucky hope you are we too. Got this out early for you so you can listen to it New Year's Day if you want when you're not doing anything else. And no, you're not going to be doing anything else. It's great because it's late for our weekly upload, but it is early for the holiday. Yeah, <laughs> so it feels appropriate. Before we get to all that, I actually have a shit ton of mentions. Oh hell yeah! I uh, only have one. Let's let's hit yours first. Yes, it's because uh, it was holiday themed. I was watching with family, but I think it does count based on how it was. Uh-huh. I watched Scrooged. Oh, with Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah, I love with, it. It's it is the funniest thing in the world when you watch the movie and you're like, oh, I wonder who did this music. Oh, it's Danny Elfman. Of course, it's Danny. Because it's always Danny Elfman. It's very like obviously Danny Elfman stuff. It's super good. There is I you know. The most often that I think about Scrooge is when I'm kind of drunk and I'm making a cocktail, usually like a uh, like a rum and coke, yes, or something like that. Because there's a very particular way that he makes his his tab and rums, yes. rum and tabs, uh, where he just he has a it's a glass full of ice, a bunch of rum, <laughs> and then he like. He at the beginning he does it like normal, normal but idea. throughout the movie as he gets more frazzled, the way that he does it is he just picks up the tab, which if you don't know tab, I can't help you, uh, <laughs> and he angles it, and then he just kind of shakes his hand shaking. until a few drops come out of it into the drink, and then that's sufficient. It was very funny. The once you finally know, you're like, oh my god, and <laughs> I gone. never stop thinking about that. So yeah. I think about it often when I'm making drinks because it's. Somewhat, it's pretty similar. To it was, yeah. I, w- I would probably give it a, um, I would probably give it a Mr. Cool. I liked it a lot. It also features um, Willow Creek director Bobcat Goldthwait. Fucking Bobcat yeah, Goldthwait. His voice <laughs> is so good. <laughs> Very silly. Yeah, he 
freezes to death. No, no, that's just somebody else. He, I just remember that that it's uh, great because when it happened during the like at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, who's Bob Cratchit in this? Uh-huh. And I I'm like, oh, it's Bob Bobcat. And then I'm like, no, it's Alfred Woodard. It's not Bobcat. Who? <laughs> It's his secretary. The the um ah that makes I forget sense. her yes, name. That's right. That's right. But that's she right. has the son who um doesn't speak, and mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Um, he has a very moving speech. At, like says something very moving at the end, and then fucking uh gets completely bowled over by Scrooge, giving <laughs> an amazing monologue, <laughs> and then just like riffing over the end <laughs> of the movie. Truly great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bobcat is just down on his luck and like beaten up the whole movie yeah because of the way it is it's very funny very some like genuinely tender moments hilarious movie yeah. like great attitude i one of the most i think truly faithful modern adaptations of a classic work yeah if you get what i'm saying because it's like truly modernized in that they they're not just reiterating the lines, Correct. right? Like the the way that Bill Murray getting the theme of represents yeah. joy, like the way that he presents joy out, is a way that like is yeah. true to our vision of joy in that yeah. time. And they right. do like him being a Scrooge who is not just a miserly, like right. greedy guy. In that he act, he likes. It's about him being a horrible television producer who's mm-hmm. like. They have a commercial that like kills somebody, and he's like, "I want that run every hour. I want a warning in front of me. like yeah. I want all of this promotion for my bullshit TV shows." Yeah, I love when they when they they take a risk and they just do it. It's completely different, you know. It's, it, yeah, uh, and it's the '80s, so it doesn't resonate as much with us anymore. <laughs> I think, but like, it feel or '90s was it? I want to say late '80s, maybe early '90s. Yeah, but feels totally appropriate for the time. Love it for sure. Um, I, yes, well, I watched a three Christmas horror films. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say one of them I had seen before all the creatures were stirring. That's a, that's a smiley face. It's 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 an anthology. Uh, it's on shutter. There's like a a few shorts. It was, it was playing on shutter TV has shutter TV where you just like show up and it's already playing a movie for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, this looks interesting. I'm like, oh, I actually have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's standard B-horror fair. Like, it does... That's no problem. ...find some interesting uh, story ideas more than anything. You know, no, no, like, good acting or... Okay. ...or real <laughs> segments or anything to, to note. But uh, the other one I watched was this Sacrifice Game. That's okay. A, that's another Christmas one. That's really, uh, yeah, I can't remember <laughs> anything about it right now. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> I'll come back around to it if I do. Sure. Uh, it's a wonderful knife. That one's new. That's and new. On yeah, yeah. Hulu. Uh, that is the second one to come out recently that has time travel. Great. Um, I liked it. It was good. You know, it was. Uh, it had well, it had Justin Long. Right, and everybody loves having Justin Long. Love around. a Screen King, yes. Um, and he was that like the acting that he was doing in that movie was he clearly knew that we're just slocking it. We're up, playing around, know? yeah. So, like, most people in the movie, I think, were good about that, yeah. and so it w- the movie was fun. Like I was very yeah. happy okay. with it. Probably still just a, a smiley face, but like 
very respectable Listen, smiley face, especially for a Christmas saying. horror. Like you're in a you're that's in a about zone. The best you can hope for. You know, you're not getting a Krampus anytime. <laughs> like, not even close. Yeah, that would come out of nowhere. You know. Um. Then I like on Christmas Day, but not having to do with Christmas. I was just like home alone. Yeah. Uh. After like all the festivities and everything, leave the world behind. Oh, that is a new Netflix? one. Yeah, that's on Netflix. Uh, that is a like a end of the world kind of movie. Yeah, it has Marsh Marshala Ali Mahershala Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Julie Roberts, Julie Ethan Roberts, Hawk. Ethan Hawke. I think it's Mahershala. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Ooh, yeah, that one. Now this this happened to me. The same thing happened with Don't Look Up to me. Where oh yeah, you everybody starts to kind of poo poo it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I watch it, and I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of really good. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's that. I liked Don't Look Up. So I'll... I really like Don't Look Up. Yeah. I really like this movie. I don't know if it's that I like that. I have a a naive, childish yeah. like misunderstanding of that. It's not that deep. <laughs> Uh, or if everybody else is either a just like a hater because they can tell everybody's gonna like the movie and they don't want to immediately you know, want to be contrarian and have a hot yeah. Day. Or if it's that like some of the truths that these movies present are deeply uncomfortable, hit to them. too hard, and they're like, yeah. oh, like this isn't entertaining to me. This movie in particular, I thought had some like excellent themes around uh, the idea of the importance of community. Uh, uh, in on an individual level between people, like in a dying world, okay, uh, and like how important that is over just like hard nosed survival. Um, and it, it, it's a little bit on the nose with the message at different times. Sure. And there's like clearly, uh, it's like a white family and a black family together, okay, are, who are strangers. So there's like a racial aspect of it that is like very clear. Uh, but I thought it was a good good message. Um, cool. Okay. And I and like. Aside from the messaging, the movie is also very like, engaging. like definitely made and engaging. <laughs> you know, like the the all the cinematography and everything like feels good. Cool, uh, excellent. So I I'd probably give it a, a Mr. Cool, Dang. just very just from nice. a distance. But like, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I would like from would, a distance. I can tell if the guy's wearing sunglasses or not. <laughs> I'd love to find somebody whose opinion I respect who does who thinks that the movie is uh you know like not that good to find out why right like why is it getting like these worst reviews from people yeah exactly is there something i'm misunderstanding about it uh i watched a video on it and they were like oh we keep getting these like end of the world movies in december so last last year we got white noise and i'm like oh what's that because i want to because i liked leave the world behind so i'm like obviously i want to watch something exactly like that next I watched White Noise, and it was not like that. <laughs> not even remotely like that. It was about an environmental disaster, but that's just like such a minor part of the movie, and it happens, it's like the middle half of it, oh. so there's still like a quarter before and a quarter after, you know? <laughs> uh, just different stuff. Yeah, I think they call these movies mumblecore. I think it's like oh. the term, it had Greta Gerwig. <laughs> Which I think is like a dead giveaway, that's, that's, as I as I understand it's it. It's objectively my... funny that oh, having a particular <laughs> actress slash director and writer uh, in it means it's <laughs> this genre. Adam Driver <laughs> was the other one in it. Hell yeah! Well, I think out. he's doing that kind of stuff now too. Um, I you've heard me on this podcast talk about these movies as like like the 
modern white people yes. talking super witty at each other consistently, right? Like, it's a hundred percent what it is. Is that mumblecore? Yeah. Yeah. So I liked the movie. I most of these movies is never that I dislike them. I just find well, them kind of exhausting. I don't know, you know? if it's exactly mumblecore, but it's definitely like how would people. you describe mumblecore? I'm just looking at the movies that they have under filmography. Of, yeah, could you list? It's interesting ones. List of Mumblecore films and television series is like Frownland, Pop Skull. I can tell from the titles. Of a midnight. Yeah, they're all the pleasure of being robbed. Yeah, Daddy, fucking sorry, thanks. Guy and Madeline on a park bench. <sighs> Tiny furniture. Silver bullets. Caitlin plays herself. The Zone, Memory Lane, the Dodeca Pentathlon, the color Francis Ha, which is the Greta Gerwig one. Jeff, yeah. who lives at home, like all of your... this is, it, it's it's adjacent because I think it's the same like people, but I don't know if it technically counts as a. It's like your kind of douchey, super artsy friend. Oh yeah, who is actually talented, which makes them only more annoying. Which truly makes are. a movie. Oh, right? you know what's on here under Mumble Gore because oh. I believe these are horror ones. Oh, you're House next. of the Devil. House of the Devil. <laughs> Red, White, and Blue. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, which is very good. Well, see, I, that's not how I would have put any of those. Cause those are fan- I would have put VHS your- is on here. No, your Next see, is I, as I well. was going to say Your Next is the only one that I would put one's on, on there. there. Yep. Yeah. The rest of them, I didn't. I wouldn't think so. The Guest Creep is on here. Yeah. It Follows is on here, which kind of. I can I see that, but not really. Again, like it's. it feels like there's I some think- tenants of it, but not... Um, Exactly. It, are, is like the Royal Tenenbaums mumblecore? No. No. No, I don't think Wes I Anderson's don't. his own thing. Wes Anderson's his own thing. He yes. It's not mumblecore like, adjacent. Not really, mostly because from the time frame of that, he was doing his own thing before mumblecore sure. was a thing. You know what I mean? Like Wes Anderson is just its own specific style, too, because it's not like Half of those movies are like, uh-huh. let's shoot this almost like a documentary. You know, like, let's have, like, very, um, or, like, um, very realistic, like, set design or stuff like that. And Wes Anderson's like, what if we make a fucking a hotel that looks like a fucking piece of chocolate or something? Right. <laughs> I think I, I get so lost. I don't know that I understand Mumblecore at all or like what you is don't or need isn't to. Wes Anderson. White was, Noise point is, is like in this, in amongst all the movies I've been talking about, White Noise is somewhere in there. It's That's for sure point. a Mumblecore adj- like adjacent film. Yes. It was good as all those movies honestly kind of are. Usually, yeah. But, but do I ever actually get anything new out of them? It's like reading like... <laughs> 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 like reading a really good... Um, essay, you know? Okay. <laughs> you know how you have to write essays for school, but then there's oh. like fam- famous essays, right? Yes. Like, you're like, oh, essays are like an actual, like, they weren't essays just. They were just published. Busy. Like- <laughs> they weren't just busy work for me. At some point, they were like something that people actually did. Somebody either. thought, somebody actually took this assignment seriously and yeah. made a real point that they. <laughs> and so sometimes they'll be like, read this essay by this famous author, and you're like, wow, that is an incredibly good point. I could not care less. Yeah, for right? sure. like it's, it's like, wow, this is important and so whatever, completely uninteresting. Me- <laughs> There's anyway, nothing wrong on. with this quality wise, and I really could care less. So it's as good as how much I don't care about it. So I don't, I don't have any real complaints about the movie besides that I personally don't have a taste for that kind of thing. 
And then I watched Knock at the Cabin, which I think that you've watched. Yes. What were your thoughts on it? I liked it. I think I fucked myself up by reading the book first. Oh, I read the is book, the book first. good? I felt like the I book would the probably book more be better. Than I like the movie. It seems like the book would be better. But again, I don't really want to take too much away from the movie. I actually think the movie is fine. I gave mm-hmm. it a smiley face. I think it was okay. Yeah, I've, but like, I think Batista saves the movie. Batista for me fucking from, crushes. He's in so that movie. good in it. And when you uh, read the book, it's very easy to see him. That's cool. As that same, as I mean, I think everybody did well, and I think it was like... Fucking Ron Weasley is in that. I forgot. Oh, my God. Ron Weasley's who... the red shirt. I forget the guy's name, but he's the red shirt guy. Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint is the... Yeah. Damn, he does good in that mm-hmm. then, because I didn't recognize him at all, and that's the sign of a good actor. It's is not, it just fall? It's not just for me that you put on a mustache. That does help a lot. <laughs> But also <laughs> yeah, that, like, I that I don't is. think of you as that man anymore. You know? Exactly, like, you completely exactly. hide from me. That's why Daniel Day Lewis, one of the greatest actors of all time, because he puts on and off a mustache. Because <laughs> his facial hair is different every time. Yes, it is. And also, he never feels like the same person. And he tries really. I was gonna say he's really, yeah. and he has no friends. <laughs> I mean, he has. It's only cinema friends. Correct. <laughs> Highly respect him. <laughs> so yes, I did. Yeah. I did very much like it. I think uh, smiley face. Uh, for sure. I mean, there's just like nothing like that interesting to take it up to next level. Yeah. But I had a great time watching it. Like I, you know. Okay. It is like a well-earned smiley. It's not at all. Yeah. A, it's a, not like going to drop to a fucking nauseous face or anything anytime soon. No. Cool. Is that it on yep. the mentions or you got that's some more? That's it. Got 700 more? Nope. That's, that's Seven, eight, it. I just, hundred. most of those were like in a day or two. Or I was just <laughs> like. I'm not doing anything. Sounds like on Christmas. You sit here and pound <laughs> movies out. I was a little a sick, out. so on Christmas after the normal festivities, I'm like, I'm gonna go there we home go. and relax. Shouts out. I'm That's tired. It's a good idea. Um, yes. and it helps you prepare you for this week's movie, which is people should already know, but you it's... should know it's Gremlins Two: The New Batch. Yes, you can watch it on Max. Yes, right Ooh. there with Gremlins One. What would you rate? Ghost Skull Alien. You know, I was thinking about it during the movie, and I'm like, I literally can't bring myself to rate this anything besides Ghost Skull Alien. Seriously. There's not like... It's... I'm gonna say this. It's like, for me, just watching it now, and I'm not saying this isn't like best or anything, it's like top five most entertaining movies, I think, for me. Like raw out of any movie. Yeah. Like I could just sit down. I could watch that again right now, and I think get a similar experience than I got the first time. So yeah, like I said, my tradition is usually to watch Gremlins on Christmas, Gremlins mm-hmm. Two on New Year's. Um, Gremlins around Christmas. That makes sense. You're watching a bunch of Christmas movies if that's what you're doing. Yeah. And Gremlins is like, all right, it's not that I necessarily want to watch Gremlins again, but like stacked up against like the normal Christmas movies that are rewatches. It's a like, fun. Let's do it. You it's know? a fun one to have in that group because it also subverts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a fun, like little middle finger of, hey, here's some horror stuff while you're yeah enjoying Christmas. Gremlins 2, the new batch is something that's played for me on New Year's Day usually. Yes. Which is like. You got to be a fucking heavy hitter to come out on National Hangover Day. Yeah, you know? like that's and be a guaranteed watch. Yeah, because like, it's like you're or you're gonna feel like shit that day normally if you're a drinker at all. Yeah, 
which don't get me started. <laughs> don't worry. Toxic or alcohol culture <laughs> is that there's just a day where we all know that we're going to feel terrible about ourselves. <laughs> like, uh, but the fact and that it's it the can first day of the year <laughs> <laughs> that it can cut through the bullshit and yes. be like, hey, life's still good and fun. Gremlins to the new badge. It's right here. We got you, buddy. You know, so yeah, I think that's an easy ghost skull alien. I have, skull. I have so many reasons why, and it's pr- pretty much the only thing I'm going to be talking about <laughs> for this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, so I won't get too deep into it today. Some warnings on it. Um, no, I think I don't remember any animal violence. There, the only, the only thing that I can note is that there is a. Uh, to uh, to be exact with the wording, there is a potion that has the male and female symbols on it. Yes. And upon ingesting it, a gremlin grows boobs. Yes. And starts wearing makeup and feminine clothing. Is a fe- is a lady gremlin? Is a female gremlin? Excuse me, a female gremlin. That's. So I'm saying, don't go down that road, Brian. You don't want to female don't, lady don't try, gremlin. Don't try any of those. It's a lady female. It's I, a gremlin s. My point. I love is going that down this road some when you say don't to. people. Yes. may take umbrage with that. Is that the correct word? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Umbrage with that. Um, for as being a potentially trans. It's phobic. Or um, are you? Well, it. <laughs> it's complicated, right? Sure. Like it yeah, goes yeah. into your personal idea of what gender is versus genitalia and like assigned sex. Okay. Um, so it's, it's somewhat complicated personally as a non-binary person. I don't think it's an issue. I don't think any, any trans people I know would take issue with it, but I just thought I'd mention it in case that's fair. That is something that, you know, you in particular would no, you, totally would struggle with because then it is like, uh, the idea of it in the movie it is definitely portrayed as like Lady Gremlin, and the, yes, and it is like pushed in your face quite a bit after that point. So that's not something that you're comfortable with. But it's play, yes, true. It is also played straight. Like they, nobody makes any um, transphobic jokes trans about jokes it. about it. If female yeah. Gremlin is female is Lady Gremlin, whatever the phrasing is. Yeah, um, that Gremlin is that Gremlin, and there everyone's good with it. Nobody's like, oh. No, yes. there's no um Austin Powers. She's a man, but like that's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. garbage <laughs> in it, you know. Yeah, no, I'm my my thing. Like it, it would be more about taking issue with the idea that it is a binary a that, that you can simply like flip, and like that that flip is defined by the growing of breasts, you know. Gotcha. Um, since that's not like a simple estrogen nor testosterone potion, Correct. right? It seems to flip some sort of switch. Is like what is implied by the icon iconography yes. on the potion. So that's that's the complexities it's that are drawn not... into. I'm just being extra careful with covering should our we, bases. Should we do um, next? We should just get a if we if there are any gender studies professors out there or women anybody like that. Next year we'll do Gremlins to the new batch Redux and we'll just have a viscerally intense and echo like <laughs> scholastic discussion on I would love <laughs> I would love to get all of my non-binary and trans exactly. friends on here to to have just like an open discussion open about forum. uh Lady Gremlin and Gremlins <laughs> to the new badge. So watch out for that. Uh Vibe is the bar scene from Gremlins 1 the whole time. The whole time. And uh Looney Tunes. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, that plus Looney Tunes. Literally 
literally Chuck Jones came out of retirement to do the sequences in this. Presumably because he's like, Gremlins fucking are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jump scares, no. No jump scares. And should you watch the movie first? Doesn't really matter because we can't do it justice, like the the, Again, the general feeling thing. of it. So it's going to be the same thing as the first one. There's no like twists really to, to be concerned about. Um, so that's it. Let's get in there. Absolutely. Sitting, uh, sitting in our um, Clamp Tower apartment on our Clamp Tower mattress, doing a sensual su- thumb circle to open the spoiler configuration. I did remember what the sacrifice game is, by the way. It is a 2023 <laughs> movie. It is Christmas. It's like uh, a, a school for girls and a cult that's been murdering people shows up. And there's only two girls there for the holidays along with their teacher. And they're trying to summon a demon. And they're at the end of their their ritual. And, you know, they so okay, that cool. kind, of, kind of thing. Smiley face. Sounds fun. For a Christmas horror, great. Okay. If you don't okay. know, Christmas horrors are fucking terrible, <laughs> like Christmas so horrors. often. Christmas horrors are graded on such a curve. <laughs> yeah. So, really, really no problem. I mean, like, you watch it and you're like, yeah, this is fine. Excellent. Yeah. That's what, that's all I can hope for. Love it. But Gremlins 2. The new batch. The new batch. Something that we completely forgot to mention last time, because I forget about it every single time, is that Gizmo is voiced by Howie Mandel. I don't understand. It's. <laughs> If you don't know who Howie Mandel is, it's a, the dealer no deal bald man. Yes. Is how I know him. It's the man. <laughs> he was in the movie Little Monsters as a monster. That's right. He is on America's Got Talent. He's a host of a million different things. I think America's Got Talent is one of the big ones he's on. I'm so I was yeah. kicking the bag that had the beer in it. From, um, oh, from he's a, he was a big actor. He was a big actor comedian. He's like incredibly old, famous. He's super well known for the old world. I feel like yeah, he has his place now. Like he's very, he's definitely um, famous. Yeah, but like he was well, in this time frame, he was getting humongous in terms of fame. Yeah. Love him in Dealer No Big Dealer. germaphobe. Yeah, that's yeah. why he shaved all his hair off. Exactly. He's on act. He doesn't have to be bald. He chooses to be bald. Correct. Except for the soul patch. Love it. No notes on that. <laughs> I mean, the I don't know how you wouldn't be so focused on the germs. On the right, so- right? <laughs> well, it's maybe it's the idea of containing them to the soul patch. Oh, that makes it so, that just makes it sound like there's a whole head of germs in the one patch. You know? Ew. Uh, That's right. That was the best like pathetic ew I've heard in a while. Yeah, I I can't imagine him doing Gizmo's voice. I no, I can't. I just can't hear him in it. You know, and yet. Which there means that's a fantastic it's an voice. Incredible, I was gonna yeah. say, incredible voice, and it's really good. Like it is very engaging the whole time. It's not like a. I think it's sufficiently cute while yeah. still being funny when it needs yeah. to. So in this one, um, we know <laughs> after the events of Gremlins One that Gizmo went back with Mister Wing. Yes, uh, Mister Wing lives in New York, where there is Clamp Tower and <laughs> Mister Clamp. And he is clearly a, uh, a parody of Donald Trump. Yes. Despite he is, what the movie says. He is both Donald Trump and, like, Ted Turner. Like, he's a big industrial type. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, like, this big, I'm a charismatic billionaire guy who yeah, has... Well, millionaire guy who has all of these different things. The reason I say Ted Turner is because he has Camp Cable, cable News, CCN... As opposed to CNN. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is uh the year 1990. Yes. And you can see like like it's still high 80s but like the introduction of 90s technology to all over, over everything yeah. like I mean, this would have been when that '90s t- technology type stuff is cutting edge. Because this is nine- normally you don't, yeah. you wouldn't see something feel this '90s until a few more years into the decade. Until '93, '94, yeah, like so. Like that. I mean, they were definitely like, yeah, dude, the fucking '90s. They had the finger here. on the pulse of what the '90s was gonna be. <laughs> yeah. So he has this giant tower in New York that has everything in there we have like a genetics laboratory <laughs> we have all the cable network like studios are all inside this exactly skyscraper. yeah there's a bunch of there's like a full mall there's, there's several themed restaurants a nightclub <laughs> yeah a bunch of executive and like legit just all the offices are in there too yeah so they literally in a small city it's like everything you could imagine is in there so you never have to leave the building exactly. except to go to sleep yeah, because the, the homes are. And not even then, they probably wanted to have mixed you. Yeah, <laughs> they probably fought for permits to make housing right. in there. But and everything is also controlled by computers and has technology. So from a control room somewhere up in the tower, they can they can handle the climate, yeah. the doors. This, they have security cameras. cameras everywhere. The revolving doors are automatic for some <laughs> reason, which is never explained. They are automatic to be problematic <laughs> yeah so the, uh, everything already doesn't work perfectly yeah. so like the revolving doors people get stuck in them all the time or it goes too fast and they get shot out of them <laughs> like a cartoon um this is i don't know what the door is supposed to do when it's working correctly because revolving doors are manual yeah, you just go up and push it, and it will revolve, and it carries the momentum, and it's all Is good. Is it just that it's consistently revolving it, on its own, and it only revolves when I someone's think that in it, it? When you get in, it will revolve for you, and you just walk. You don't have to ever... You don't even have to stop to start pushing it. Like, you can just I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. It's tr- A big thing about this movie <laughs> is about, I guess, the over-technologification of things. Of saying, hey, let's make an automated whatever in lieu of just pushing this. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the 90s and we can have a product that does that for you sort of thing. Uh, we're, and it, it's interesting to me that we have in the first one, uh, Mr. Peltzer, who is an inventor and is like a charming small town man. Yes. Who is the harbinger of this new era? Really, this is this is in, indicated through his creation of the Peltzer smokeless ashtray, which then in Gremlins Two, the new batch, is... they have self-cleaning ashtrays. They make a very clear point of saying that the building is filled with them. Oh my god! Um, so we go from like this small town setting where it's like. You know, we have these large dreams and ambitions, yeah. just like how Billy wants to move out of the town to the big city, and we see what it turns into, which is this dystopian the result kind of, of it, this nightmare, horrid commodification of. Because he's, you know, Randy Peltzer is a quirky, fucking inventor guy who has yeah. stuff that doesn't really work, but it's not for lack of trying. It's. I don't have the resources, you know, like it's tougher. I don't have the time yeah. to like do this. So I have all of my unused or like bad prototypes around the house. <laughs> yeah. But it's eventually I'm going to get there. Exactly. Yes. And the idea, is, I mean, for me is that Mr. Peltzer is just like a, uh, a, a prototype 
Mr. Clamp, you know? Like, <laughs> is it Clamp? <laughs> yeah, it's Clamp. It just sounds weird. I just keep thinking it doesn't of, make of Futurama's Clamps. But uh, <laughs> the it sounds better in the movie, and they their company has an amazing logo of a clamp crushing the, the globe that is the Earth. Squishing the globe, yeah, and it's still turning. <laughs> there, I, I do see multiple points where there's, like, this big grand point being made about the way, like... It's some general idea about society and the way that it yeah. evolves and the desire to be more and like how chaotic and uh, like not it ends up being like your folly. Right. Uh, I don't think that that is on purpose in the movie. It comes like I can see it very cleanly. Yeah. Like, I, like it's all there. I just think it's completely by accident, though. I, I mean, this movie to me is only <laughs> trying to be like the the movie becomes a gremlin in itself and the in its yes. portrayal of everything that is happening in its effort to do bits and be. F- yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna keep coming back yeah, to this idea of society, but well, just so you know, I don't think it is like really the point of this movie. I just it's something interesting I found. There's a little it. bit at the end that kind of right. leans you towards. That's where it, I was gonna come back to. But it. like otherwise, yeah, it's just. <laughs> In the service of doing bits and making references, it ended up getting itself a theme and a motif. Like, yeah, truly almost on accident, you would think. Well, it's, like, made, it's like the bits are so good and on point to what our society yeah. is that it accidentally made. Like, it, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> it became true satire. Yes. You know, just like by, by trying to be a little, little shit eater, you know, like it, it accidentally did, it like actually pointed satire. Yeah. So <sighs> the reason we spent so long on the building and on Clamp is because this is this becomes the setting for yes. the whole movie, basically. They want uh, to convert the Chinatown, which we knew from the first movie, into like their whole new like Clamp Chinatown. Yes, a, a new center conflict, like a downtown, you know, like yeah, like an outdoor mall. They want to own everything and make it all. A company, yeah, area, that sort of thing. The last they have building, a very unfortunate joke. <laughs> <laughs> the last building that has not sold to them is Mister Wing's shop, mm-hmm. and so that's like where we start out the movies with them trying to get him to sell them the shop. Blah blah. He events he ends up dying from old age. Correct for whatever illness that he has from being 175 years old. Yeah. <laughs> which in movie rules means that Mister Clamp immediately gets the property. <laughs> The uh, way the way the 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 newscaster who's on the Clamp News Network, right. Clamp Cable News, um, says like the death of Mister Wing was the last obstacle in the way of Mister Clamp getting yeah. what he wanted. And I'm like, oh my god! If a fucking if Jake Tapper said, oh, well, <laughs> mom and pop's little grocery right. blew up, which was the last thing in place for Mister Turner to get his. That's money plex. It's like, oh my god. I just love that they hit everything on the nose. We yeah. should mention also that the intro to the movie is the Warner Brothers logo with Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny fighting a over. Bit. Yeah. It's like a bit that Daffy Duck pushes Bugs out of the way and he's like, I'm gonna be the, the guy now. I did look it up. It was on the Daffy mentions fifty years of Bugs Hog in the spotlight. Uh, it was his fiftieth it was Bugs' fiftieth birthday. Oh, on the day that like the movie was released? Yeah. That's sick. or at least the year, but yeah, yeah. But the that little intro that they do, 
that animation directly bleeds into the Gremlins to the new Bash logo. Mm-hmm. So like the way in which it's integrated into the film is like yeah, so undeniable, and it really sets up the tone. And we see it all the way through to the credits, where the it does do the normal go to black roll credits, but then it slowly transitions to blue. And then we get some interruptions from Daffy. Daffy Duck. pulling a Ferris Bueller, like a being like, "What are you guys still doing here? Isn't this a long time?" I yeah. don't know how to do the Daffy Duck voice, so it's just this. It's tough. He's like a. Li- it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. I will say the I was thinking of it, and like the only two. There's definitely more, but for Warner Brothers specifically, who produced this, um, the only two I can think of that have integrated, um. Cred, like producer credit uh, mm-hmm. uh, title cards into the actual movie is the Harry Potter movies, which will they're in the clouds with the Warner Brothers logo. Does it go directly? And then it like, pushes past pushes to the title the usually. Yeah, like it's almost it's almost right in there. Um, and then Batman mm-hmm. ones will have a customized thing, and sometimes they'll turn around and be the Batman logo. Like there's they do stuff yeah, with but their it's like credit. You could with cut them out of the Batman movie itself. Like I realize you can't cut batman out of the logo yeah i thought that was the same thing with the harry potter so you can't cut harry potter out of the logo but you can cut the logo out of harry potter you know what i, I mean? suppose you i yes. this one you literally can't cut the wb logo out because of the movie it immediately because it transitions directly and yeah you, you'd have to lose the gremlins to the new batch yeah, title probably, to get to have to not have the logo in there. they probably got smarter after they probably learned their lesson from <laughs> this, this one and said, oh oh right like the so, later yeah, but yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yes, <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, I'll, I'll mention it now so I don't forget later. But like WB is so ingrained in this movie that later on we see a gremlin getting a tattoo, and it's literally the giant <laughs> WB, WB logo, logo across his chest. Back when they had heart, which is, <laughs> I mean, when you look at the first movie, which is legitimately a movie, and <laughs> this one, which is like we don't give a. F- Fuck, they dude. We like fucking care at all. It is literally like Gremlins made it. You know, like, they this is my favorite thing about it is for folks who don't know, Gremlins came out in eighty four. This came out in nineteen ninety. Yeah, that's a six year gap. I don't feel like a six year. That's gap. first of all in, in like attitude. Watching you know? it now, it does not at all. Yeah, in real life, that's unbelievable. That's a huge measure. Waiting six years for a regular sequel to something. That shit gets announced immediately. And what happened yeah. was Gremlins came out and was this big hit. And the executives were like, we immediately want to greenlight a sequel. And Joe Dante was like, I am so tired of Gremlins right now. I have been working with them for months. Oh, my God. Get them away from me. Yeah. They go, we're going to start working on Gremlins without you. Like, we're nope, oh, no harm, no foul. Thanks, Joe. Right. Appreciate it. Um, they start working on Gremlins. They can't fucking... They're like, what if they go to Las Vegas? What if they go to fucking space? I don't fucking know, dude. Um, they're losing. They're frightened. You know, the hair's coming off of them. And they approach Joe Dante years later, like a couple years later, and go, Joe, do you want to come back? And he goes, I'll come back if you let me do literally whatever I want. <laughs> and they went, here's more money. <laughs> That's so, so good. That I didn't know. That. Joe Dante's kind of a genius because when you look at Small Soldiers... Say what you will about I the movie, really but I love Small Soldiers. I like even if you don't like the but movie, yeah. you have to admit that there is something different about the way that these different like these yeah 
He's inventing different kinds of beings altogether, right? He like is completely unique. different intelligences yeah. that act in their own weird way that you're like, I you're definitely not human and yet I understand you completely. But I've told exactly, you evoke something that um still resonates with me. He knows how to put heart into something new. Exactly. Yeah. Um two other production things that I wanted to bring yeah. up before we get into the rest of it is um eagle-eyed viewers of the credits will note that Chris Columbus is only credited with based on characters mm. by in this movie. He did not write it because he was a little bit busy making an indie flick Ooh. called Home Alone. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> he was literally like, I can't, co- I would come back to write it, would love to, but I can't because I'm fucking dealing with Home Alone. Um, so a guy named Charlie Haas or Charles S. Haas wrote this. Um, and Christopher Lee is also in this film. Apparently, the first thing Christopher Lee did when he got onto set and met Joe Dante was to apologize to him Uh-oh. for being in The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, because Joe Dante made the first one. <laughs> and so there was the shitty sequel that he was in, and he went, I'm sorry for being in the bad follow-up to your good movie. <laughs> the Howling 2's alternate subtitle was, I think, Stritzka Werewolf, bitch? Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, I know it's whatever the, the werewolf queen's name is, but it's werewolf, bitch. Um, yeah. That one's not good. Exactly. But if you want to see something That's cool, why you apologize. If you want to watch something wild, watch The Howling 3, The Marsupials. No. Because it, it starts out bad. And then partway through, they've like finished the plot of the movie. And then... Okay. It, and then they're just like it they become known on TV. It's like proven that werewolves exist on like cable news. Yeah. And so then there's just a bunch of scenes of like more stuff in this world where people now know that werewolves exist. <laughs> and, and like the consequence. <laughs> I, yeah, and the fallout from that. I don't know. I just remember being like, What is going on here? Like why That's is this movie still going? Awesome. I just it's a yeah, it's a kind of a like an undercover secret, right? Like uh, how we yeah. three the marsupials like that's a, actually that's a hot tip for y'all i'll have to find that at some point hell yeah but gremlins 2 the new batch we have the tower gizmo runs away from the shop after it gets demolished because mr awesome wing is scene. dead yes. and left him there don't know what happened to the little kid from the first one <sighs> you're asking a lot of questions that yeah. don't matter <laughs> they don't really gizmo tries to run away Immediately gets caught by people from the genetic laboratory inside Clamp Towers yes. and gets brought up there. They're not Clamp scientists. They just lease a space in the tower. I want to be very clear about that. Christopher Lee, who is the lead geneticist, and his cohorts are just leasing space. They could have had three shrinks and a plastic surgeon in there. But they make that very clear. Now. Lab. Billy and Kate are two people from the first movie. They now live in New York. Mm-hmm. They both work in Clamp Tower. Yes. Uh, Kate is like a tour guide and Billy is an artist. Mm-hmm. Billy hears a delivery man humming the the little song that Gizmo sings. Yes. He's like, where'd you hear that? And he's like, oh, I was in the genetic laboratory. And he goes up there and he finds Gizmo. And it's like, I gotta, I you know, puts him in his little desk and... He's dealing with stuff with his boss and is like, Kate, you have to bring Gizmo home. Kate accidentally brings the wrong, because obviously Gizmo gets, gets wet between that time. Obviously. Makes a bunch more. 
She brings back, like, there's two in particular Mogwai that come out of Gizmo that I fucking hate. And it is, <laughs> I don't know how they refer to them in the credits, but it, in my mind, it's clearly like dumb Mogwai yes. and crazy Mogwai. And they're both awful. The three, so there's Mohawk now. Yes, instead there's of four, Stripe. There's four, four Mogwai that come out of Gizmo, which are Mohawk and three others. They are referred to as George, Lenny, and Daffy. Daffy obviously being a reference to Daffy Duck. Yeah. George and Lenny being a reference yeah. to Of Mice and Men. So <laughs> Because that one makes... of them is dumb. <laughs> yeah, that means that, that dumb Mogwai is definitely George because he is always with that serious yeah. Mogwai who is just kind of like directly doing things. He's always kind of messing them up. <laughs> and that makes crazy Mogwai Daffy. Daffy. Yeah. Yeah. Which were, I mean, makes sense in terms of some naming conventions. That does make sense. That's they awkward. are weapons grade annoying. They're very annoying. They have insane eyes. And it's that their eyes are so wild and that their laugh is like unbelievably annoying. So annoying. It's so. And persistent and constant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that exact thing. I hate, but sorry. <laughs> and they're always doing things that like get their faces wet and shit. And they just always the look gross. disgusting and are annoying. And you're Slimy. like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> It is fully get away from me. So I believe Kate accidentally brings home Daffy. Yes. You know, I'm not going to go through the whole movie as usual. Like, point is, the bad Mogwai put Gizmo in the ventilation system. So he's going to be off for a while. They are ruthless this time. They immediately. There is no, hey, they're just whatever. These are bad Mogwai. These well, are, they have bad intentions. No, they are not. This is not a stripe was right situation. One in thing this time. I will say they is that they do, monsters. they do always hate Gizmo. Sure. They do they, openly torture Gizmo. In this one. Yes. In the other one, they are mean and they bully Gizmo for sure. They do not outright kidnap and torture Gizmo to a breaking point. Yes. So it's important to note. And first of all, Mo- I just want to say. Stripe and Mohawk yeah. are different. Yes. Mohawk, as you said, what did you yes. say about the. Well, it's interesting that Mohawk. So Stripe is clearly the leader of the bad. In the first of the, one, yeah. of the other Mogwai in the first one. In this one, there's another one with the Stripe. But it's it's they call him Mohawk this time. He ends up taking a spider potion that makes him into a big spider gremlin. I'll get into all that. <laughs> He's clearly not the leader this time. He is the strongest of the first four that yes. show up. But he's not the leader. He's only around to be awesome. So like when he comes out, yes. he's the the original Mogwai all have the same color scheme. He's got like black he's fur <laughs> and like an awesome white mohawk. But yes, him exactly. and him and George both have yes. black fur, I think, and then Lenny and uh, Daffy, Daffy is looks almost has almost the exact same fur complexion as Gizmo. Right. Yeah. So Gizmo's running around the ventilation. They run off to do their thing. They know to. They don't have any trouble eating after midnight and all that. By the time that everybody figures out that there's stuff going on, it's the point is where it's the next day. They've turned into gremlins. Everybody's inside Clamp Tower. We have the day to deal with them before it becomes night and they all escape out. 
they set all this up and then very quickly give them access to the genetic laboratory. Yes. And then the whole rest of the movie is just them doing <laughs> hilarious bits and turning into weird other gremlin versions of themselves. A bunch of different alternative gremlins who cause all kinds of chaos as they think of a way to kill all of the gremlins. Yes. There's no, the plot is just that. I love that. Yeah. No notes on that. Oh yeah. I thoroughly appreciate it. There's a brief, another thing that I like because all of the characters are actually good and like put together Yeah. in, in terms of like, this could have been a forced bullshit conflict between characters, but it's not is Billy, uh, has a good idea in front of Mr. Clamp, who is like clearly, hey, I'm impressed with you. I like you. And his boss, Marla, is like, hey, you're an up and comer. Maybe we should have dinner. She goes, she's gives, been like, bullying him the whole time. Yeah. And, then, and like, now she's suddenly, to... she's very New York and very, like, she's, she talks about stuff like it's all like a nuclear meltdown disaster emergency or like yeah. a suicide alert red hotline, you know? Yeah. Like, um, she's very ridiculous that she kisses him on the cheek at one point and gets lipstick on his face and Kate, uh, Phoebe Cates' character sees it and is like, you're in trouble, mister. And then by the end of the movie, Marla and Billy both explain to her just yeah. very reasonably like, no, I don't care. And she's like, yeah, I was just trying to get a promote. Like, he's a good boy. Don't worry about it. And like, yeah. this it's is great. I forgive one of, you. <laughs> one of the only times I've ever seen that she sees it, she gets evidence like, from her perspective, very clear evidence yeah. that Billy's cheating on her, which he isn't. Uh, and instead of just immediately being like film hysterical woman, she's like, there are gremlins to deal with. We're going to handle this first. And then we'll talk about this later. I, I love the way she is. A, she's stone cold when she says, if we, if we make it through this day, great fucking qualifier, by the way, yeah. if, um, if we make it through this day, you're in big trouble. And she just walks right off and he's like, what the fuck did I do? I didn't do it. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so, all right. <laughs> and you want to tackle them. I'm trying to decide whether to go with the bits or a few things or some, yeah. some interruptions that happen to the film before we get to all the great bits that they yes. have. Uh, one is that while you're watching the movie and it's at the exact right point, it's like halfway through He's talking to uh, Christopher, Christopher Lee, and they start having a conversation about where the Gremlins are, and it's literally like, this is the only conversation that is going past 10 seconds. That right? hasn't been interrupted by, by something by or gremlins. is running away or moving. Or, yeah, exactly. And you're like, maybe I should think about getting bored right now. <laughs> the, the movie like starts to fall apart, and it looks like the, uh, the projector is fucked up. Yes. Like, this is where we started talking about how great it would be to watch this movie in theaters because mm -hmm. it's like literally designed to look like you're in a movie theater the real. and the real fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and it's then you see the shadows of all the gremlins on the back <laughs> white screen and they put in a different completely random movie of like some They're, bikini babes playing volleyball. What I love is they start, you, you know, like obviously it's a bit the whole time when you see a gremlin, but it starts out again legitimate and then goes into incredulity very quickly because they're doing um shadow puppets with their hands the two gremlins are and the first yeah. two are oh, like yeah, yeah and yeah. the first two are like oh that's okay like you could you can see it with the hand actually yeah. making it and then one of them comes out and makes abraham lincoln with a big stovepipe hat and starts going fast going jimmy here you go 
One of two references to Abraham Lincoln in this movie. Oh my! We'll get to the second one later, but yes. Um, yeah, so they do Shadow Puppets for a while, then they start playing this movie, and then we cut to the movie theater <laughs> that is playing Gremlins <laughs> to the new batch, which brings into light so many fucking questions about like what movie we're watching. Because <laughs> we're watching a movie of a universe that's a lot like ours. Yes. In which Gremlins both happened... And Gremlins 1 is a movie as well. Yes. Leonard Maltin, the famous film critic, is in the movie reciting his own criticisms of the first Gremlins movie. Oh, were they legitimately it's like what he said? It's just his review of Gremlins, and he gets interrupted and attacked by actual Gremlins and making like who make fun of him. Like they, He likes this movie, by the way, obviously. <laughs> he's doing a, a, his review of them, and the, the Gremlins show up behind him, and they do... Like, they have a puppet next to him, which the puppet's always hilarious. <laughs> and then they do bunny ears behind yeah, him. They... And I'm like, that is, like, so fucking stupid if a kid does it for a camera yeah. thing. But a gremlin doing it as, like, a like they kill people sometimes. They rip and people to pieces. Sometimes they decide to murder you, and sometimes they decide to give you bunny ears. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so fucking funny, It's such funny, a perfect dude. juvenile, like, thing to do to him while he's talking about them in when a he's movie. like criticizing the first movie for being juvenile they give him bunny ears he i would I, I do appreciate that he is very in on it and fun because the that's so cool i didn't realize that that was his legitimate yeah uh, uh critique of the yeah. first one so that's very cool for him he to did do that in, the one. in his review in his review for two he does just say there is a gratuitous cameo, but he doesn't say that he was the one in it. So yeah. he's like, there's a ridiculously gratuitous cameo. Maybe he wasn't. Um, talking, there's a couple. But the, Maybe he wasn't um, talking about himself. First of all, yes. Um, he is on a show called The Movie Police, and you can see he's having fun, like, blowing a whistle on me. He's like, okay, on The Movie Police. <laughs> Being, like, very overtly serious. Well, because it's also, I mean, calling it The Movie Police is just very funny because they're, it, this movie just so much doesn't give a shit. They're like, yeah, we're not. It's not about being a prestige yeah. film. Just so on the nose about that. It is like critics are movie police. They're here to be like, you can't have fun in your movie. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to have the most fun. Ever. And Gremlins was responsible for the PG-13, like right. we said last time. So <laughs> they were sense. they were intimately familiar with the movie police. <laughs> so we already know that th that it's... Phoebe, or not Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe, Kate's Kate, and Billy live in a world in which... The real events of that movie happened. To them. There is also separately... But nobody else in the building knows about Gremlins. Correct. So there's no way that they could have seen that, the first movie. Correct. Which means that... they would immediately go, are you the Billy Peltzer from Gremlins? <laughs> it means... So... Unless is Gremlins crazy. is a completely <laughs> different movie, yeah. it means that we must flip-flop between different dimensions. You're looking at a Mobius strip or an Escher staircase right now. You're trying to fucking... <laughs> Which is illuminated perfectly when Billy first goes up to the control room and starts explaining to them that there are Gremlins, and he tells them what the rules are, and they start to have a conversation about, like... <laughs> how the rules don't make sense. <laughs> they start to say things like, what if you're on a plane 
and you're eating something. The gremlins eating something zone. as you change time zones. Or like, what if they ate something at 10 p.m. but there was something stuck in their teeth <laughs> and they don't swallow it till after? But like they, they start having those different conversations. <laughs> Uh, and the people who are having them directly, like, there's a control panel next to them that a gremlin just bursts through it. and starts just eating them, basically. And it's my favorite is it attacks, and it just the guy who was the last person making a critique, he just winds up a fist, and the gremlin just socks him right in the fucking face. <laughs> the gremlins never punch anyone. It's so great. It's that that's like one of the first things that happens out of the yeah. things that we're talking about, and it's such a great, just like we know. We don't, don't care. Worry about yeah. Like, it's like we don't even care if you're worrying about it. We're gremlins. It is. We're having a good time. It's like, fully a sequel that is mocking the prop, both mocking itself and the problems people have with sequel. Like, yeah. it is both. It's relishing in and going like, yeah, these are fucking stupid. <laughs> It, any any part of the first movie that took itself seriously, it is mocking. Yes, it is mocking anybody who critiqued it for giving enough of a shit about Gremlins exactly. to like be like that and being like, we are just here to have yeah. fun now, and it's fantastic and it's it's complete attitude about that because they any critique that people had about the first one it also resolves. Yes, the, one of the main ones is that in the first one, uh, Kate has that long monologue. About her father dying when coming down as Father Christmas in the chimney. And Which I thought was a really good scene. But I don't mind it, yeah. But people, that was one of the critiques. And in this one, there's something, they're in the middle of a bunch of stuff, and somebody says something about, I don't even know why somebody mentions Lincoln again, but she's like, don't even mention Lincoln's Lincoln. birthday to me. <laughs> I, I still remember when it, and she starts talking about some event on a different Lincoln's birthday where her on the holiday Abraham Lincoln's birthday cause yeah it was still it wasn't um President's Day or? yeah they they hadn't mold uh put them put, together put them all together because they did Washington and Lincoln's birthday as oh. separate uh, holidays well, but she, yeah she's doing this <laughs> she starts talking about uh, like a man in the park who's just just like Abraham Lincoln except he was wearing a raincoat. <laughs> And you can see while she's starting to tell this story, Billy's in the back, like, getting impatient. And he's like, yep, that's nice. We we really Great, have honey. to go. Like, we just, do, we just don't long. have time for this right now. She goes, oh, well, I, the well, interesting She's thing still was... talking about it as she gets basically caned off screen. <laughs> it's so fucking funny because it's so much. I love how obscure it, like. It's such a fantastic way to say that, like, we accept and know and also think it was ridiculous to have that long <laughs> monologue in the first one. And I've learned better. Oh, and have it be such a tenuous relation. Because, like, the first one is, it's Christmas time, and she's traumatized by Christmas, yeah. and she moves on. This is, like, nothing is related to Lincoln's birthday. Also, talk <laughs> talk to anybody in the generations before us, like, probably Gen X and, like, late baby boomers. Yeah. Uh, they believe Gremlins to be a classic. Yeah, like, they don't like widely believe Gremlins is great. Everybody knows Gremlins mm -hmm. it is not a hated film. <laughs> Gremlins two, the new batch, I don't think is very well respected. <laughs> they just came in. Well, they're like, wrong. We don't give a fuck, dude. We blast every. It's not because it's not like Gremlins one was bad. So they didn't exactly. need to come that hard on fixing and everything and being like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> We're not taking this seriously ever again. Correct. So. <laughs> Going back through those layers that we just came back through to where the gremlins had like ruined the uh, the film, yes, and started playing a different film. 
then we see the world in which that movie theater is where they're playing Gremlins 2 <laughs> and uh, people are complaining about it and the usher goes in and talks to Hulk Hogan who yells <laughs> at the Gremlins in the, in the projector booth to get the movie playing again. Well, you know something, Gremlins? You better... <laughs> If the Gremsters want to take on the Hulkster, if the, Gre- if the little Gremsters want to take on the Hulkster, maybe. The- <laughs> what are they gonna do when the Hulkster runs wild on you, brother? Is that is that the height of his career? He looks exactly like classic Hulk Hogan. He looks right? like a fucking sausage. Um, he's always he, looked like a. I mean, he only he's... looks more and more like an old sausage. Well, but... so he, he you. It's nineteen ninety. He is full WWF out. He is. His. Peak of his WWF career. I can't believe your wrestling knowledge is coming handy once again. It's kind of on the down, but not really. Like he he's definitely at the top. He's over the hill, but at the top of it still. So like there's a decline he'll go through, mm. and then in the mid '90s he has a big resurgence. Oh, so like he's about to go into a little bit of a slump. Um, he also goes to another company and gets off of the steroids, so he looks like a different fucking person. It's actually wild. Take your take your pro wrestling hat off. Yes. Why does popular culture know him from the original stuff or the mid '90s resurgence? Both. Do you think? To be completely fair, um, Hulkamania in the '80s was humongous. Okay. He was with Cindy Lauper. I, I mean, I know the term he Hulkamania. Was, he so. was on MTV. He yeah. was with Cindy Lauper. He was doing all this shit. So what there did he do mid '90s as a resurgence? He was involved with an angle called the NWO, which was an invasion. New World Order. New World Order. It was. It was New World Order. Um, right, they, so it's what NWO always is. Exactly. Yes. So they they use that in wrestling. He was at a different company called WCW doing his thing. And basically a couple of guys from the WWF quit and they, a couple of guys who were up to no good. They came in to WCW. They they came into WCW. I'm so mad. (laughs) Came into WCW, basically implying that they were WWF guys invading the other company Uh to do like a war of sick wrestling companies. Um, And that angle blew up. You know, every and then it became the next wrestling boom period of the mid to late nineties, and that was another thing that he was on. Jay Jay Leno had a match with him in oh damn. WCW. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was on his show. It was another big popular thing, but everyone knew him initially from the eighties. Yes, he was yeah. just but uh, insanely popular. I mean, a few years down, I don't think would be enough to stop that from me. Just like one big. Exactly. It was essentially yes. era. That's <laughs> six. Yeah. So yeah. he's in it. He's the they only would beat one. The shit out of gremlins. He's the only one to ever threaten the gremlins, and they and, comply. then, and they complied. <laughs> They're they turn on the movie yeah. immediately. Infamously <laughs> mischievous. They put the movie right back like, on. They're holy like, shit! Uh, the Hulkster, dude. I'm not fighting the Hulkster. I'm not fighting Hulk. <laughs> yeah. So that it. It raises a lot of questions about the reality of this movie, and at the same time, spits in your face for even considering. Maybe it doesn't, brother. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> there's nothing to do. Just there's get nothing to figure, and you'll be fine. It's fun to f- try to figure it out, just because I'm, I'm yes. into figuring it out. But like, besides that, it's just like, wow. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's matter. full. Turn your brain. Like, the more you turn your brain off worrying about the yeah. plot holes ding of the movie um the more you can 
the more you sit there and go, this movie is really funny and enjoyable. They just very expertly like managed to set themselves up for not just like after the fact being yeah. like anybody who critiques us like what well, we were just trying to do like no mid movie they're like we do not care shut up <laughs> this is what we're doing we it's, think it's great it's so and funny like, god damn i think it's great too it's so funny because they're doing that and rightly so but like it is very funny that they are doing that in service of pure entertainment mm-hmm. of pure like schlocky whatever because it's actually such a good like dismantling of in my opinion, and sorry if you're out there listening to this, like bullshit plot hole detector type film criticism. Yeah. Because there's real, like, you can get into film literate, like media literacy, Mm -hmm. and if you do it wrong, fall into this rabbit hole of the plot has to make perfect sense, and if it's wrong in any way, that means the movie's bad, despite having incredible characters and motifs and, you know larger things it's saying about a topic or whatever um this like dismantles people who go um the actual thing was there which means this movie is bad um sort of stuff but in favor of a movie that has no plot that doesn't fucking care about yeah. what's happening at all <laughs> like, i mean i th- i think it's common uh, I, I was gonna say it's a little unique in movie but i think it's common in a few different art forms where there's both uh that something can be created for entertainment mm-hmm. and for artistic meaning, you know, for, for yeah. as we call prestige films, right? Uh, and oftentimes people critique them as if it has to be one or the other. And yeah. it's like, this movie can just be entertaining. And that doesn't make any, like, why does a movie have to be prestige? Precisely. Why does a movie have to be entertaining? As I, as people don't usually put it that way, but I legitimately mean it. Unbelievably in that, like, funny <laughs> phrasing for that question. Because I mean, yes. sometimes I'm like, God damn, this movie's really good. I am falling asleep. Yeah. No, and it's, Dude, it's, they're fundamentally different things. Every yeah. other time, without fail, I it is a co- it is not even a coin flip. It's a guaranteed one time it's heads, one time it's tails. I fall asleep during There Will Be Blood. Because there will be no way, shape, or form one of, will to me, I not still, one of like, the best movies ever made. Incredible, incredible movie. I will yeah. fall asleep. It's crazy boy. Fifty percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> it, and I'm not not to say that it is not completely enthralling and enchanting. Exactly. Like you are like wrapped up in it. And you're like I am deeply invested in what is happening. Yeah. This is an unbelievable story. But the, this shot has the been sitting clip, here for the clip that we are moving at. I can feel something very yeah. artistic oh. is happening, but I, I simply can't. My body is shutting down. <laughs> Which I think has more to say about how much sleep we get. Probably. In general. <laughs> might be. Might be you bad. Know, most people don't get enough sleep, so that's part of it. <laughs> but this one, you know, it kind of sucks that it has to say, like, hey, we're here for the entertainment one. Yeah. But it does, and it helps so much. It works great. You're just it, like, damn, there's no doubt that you know exactly who you are. Yeah, Exactly. And if you're not someone who gets butthurt by a movie telling you to shut up, you your brain goes, oh, like you get the relief of like, I can just play around and have fun. I can purely just laugh at a silly, at the fact that the gremlins at the end do an entire uh, musical number of New York, New York with an interlude of them doing like a Broadway spectacle thing, holding up different pieces, like big, um, I don't even know what to call them, but like big pieces of a the giant portrait of the female gremlin. <laughs> yeah. She rises up and Lady goes, Lady gremlin. <laughs> Lady gremlin. I wonder if you can catch those, th- that thunder in the microphone. Um, 
Yes, that is why I watched on New Year's. If you didn't mm. understand the, uh, the the plot has nothing to do with New Year's. No, it is it's not New Year's in the day. plot. But the uh, in general, their plan for getting rid of the gremlins is that they, since the whole uh, building is God, so much more I want to talk about. Uh, I mean, please. No, no, I, I'm, I'm going to come back for all of okay. that. I'm, just, I'm saying, how do I get this thought out without getting completely sidetracked? Um, since the whole building is automated, mm. as we mentioned, see, I told you that would be important. They are able to control all of the clocks in the building. So yes. they set them back three hours so that they can try to trick the gremlins into thinking it's about to be nighttime. Mm-hmm. Then they put giant tarps over all the windows. An adorable giant So that they're like painted... Tar- it's a big fake moon and it's giant the, stars. The painted it. New York skyline as night. Uh, <laughs> make the thing is, is night. So they all gather in the lobby uh, and then they can drop the tarps and all the sunlight would kill all of them. Yes. So they all gather in there and when they're gathered in there, they they do a, a number of New York, New York. And the way in which they're celebrating the amount of confetti and the costumes that they have mm-hmm. uh it's partly because they're doing the musical number New York, New York. Partly because of the them trying to emulate musical theater because they're yes. in New York. Yeah. That all starts to give the vibe of Times Square uh, New Year's. It totally feels like a Times Square New Year's Eve celebration. Yes, which is why I watch New Year's Day because it just it, it has perfect parody with. I Gremlins just did this twelve hours for, ago, uh, and I feel like a gremlin. <laughs> yeah. So now the reason why I was about to get distracted is because earlier in the movie, when they're talking about the building, they describe it as uh, the first smart building of its kind using like the air quotes for smart. I didn't get the time to look up the origin of the term smart, but I don't know about y'all listening out there. The first time I heard it was in reference to the smartphone. Uh, Would it have been the iPhone or was there anything else we were referring to as a smartphone before that? Blackberry, maybe. Maybe a BlackBerry or a PDA is maybe the only thing a BlackBerry. Yeah, but smartphones. Yeah, I feel like it's the first time I started hearing the earliest, smart. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but the fact that they use the air quotes, I think Brian, you pointed this out. Yeah. And using air quotes implies that smart is not like a known term at this point. I don't think it is. Right? Like they're. It sounds like they're saying smart building as like they're calling yeah. it that. And I think just completely, I, I feel like it's quite likely that completely accidentally they called yes. out one of our terms of the future. Full, I, fully. Very funny to I, me. My, my hedge on the bet would be, I think the phrase was probably used in like tech circles at the time, maybe to start talking about stuff. But For what though? Exactly. You're not wrong. We didn't have All any. I know, the only thing I know. Smart these days is, implies that it's connected through Wi-Fi to the internet. I only had way. two. Um, I only had two frames of references of smart of media that uses the phrase smart. One Shannon brought up, which was Smart, smart House, House. Um, which features Katie Seagal. No notes, yeah. which you. is uh, very clearly like it's a smart house. It's they, a house with an artificial. That's why they call it their smart house. It, and yeah. it yeah does, and it has its own. It, but but it does have like stuff where it like automates your whatever. good job knowing what AGI is. Right? Um, you hello. I know, but still. <laughs> um. Shout out for using my SAT word in the wild. Um, <laughs> and the other one was, of course, uh, the Disney show Smart Guy, smart which guy. was just about a smart child. That who has nothing to do with <laughs> it. has nothing to do with anything, but you just I wanted to point out that I just wanted to mention Smart remember Guy. Remember the show Smart Guy? Is it Smart Guy? He's a smart guy. 
Yeah. Do, 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 do. Seems, seems weird with do, 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 saying it out loud now. Yeah. I guess it's unbelievable. Never really said it. And out there's loud. an episode where a guy tries to molest him and he gets Holy away. Holy shit. He That's tries right. to make him take pictures on a in a surfing back he has a surfboard and a beach background and he wants to wear bathing suits so he can take pictures and it's jerk just off like to him. the butterfly effect. Yeah. There's a anyway. epi- <laughs> there's an episode of Goosebumps based on a short story from Goosebumps called An Old Story where there is an evil old woman who wants to feed these brothers prune cookies that makes them old so that she can sell them off to old ladies as husbands. Oh! The old ladies know this is happening. And the original story, it's like an epidemic of this woman doing it to many children. Doing it over and over again. uh, Which is called child trafficking. Yeah. So, sometimes these stories just get away from you. Sometimes they... They get away from you and land right in the hands of a real thing. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. That one I feel like is just kind of an accident and was appropriate. The smart guy thing. That was about the real dangers I of child. I feel like that's okay to do, though. Cause, like, oh, yeah, it was a war. Yeah. I'm like, don't let kids get took. It was an you express know? thing of saying, do not do. Like, if when a stranger that, offers you to go to his basement, say no and run away and get away from him. Like, I think when it's that serious, it's okay to be like, hey. This is legitimately so. I'm yes. so sorry that I have to explain to you that this is. But it's a really scary, and you should have. You should make sure that you never ever have anything to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, Gremlins to the new Gremlins badge. to the new badge has nothing of this sort. Thankfully. I think we covered everything that we need to yes. from the main events of the movie, except mm-hmm. for the, the very ending, ending. But we'll get to that. Some of the bits. I mean, we yeah. got bits on bits on bits. The, it's just one bit after another. There's yeah. no there's no not. The main thing it. I want to start with is the genetic laboratory and the different effects that Yes. Gremlins, obviously we have Lady Gremlin. Christopher Lee, by the way, is running this laboratory. Sir Christopher yes. Lee, Saruman the White, fucking Dracula, Dracula from the Hammer Horror films, an absolute legend. Real life James Bond, him and Ian Fleming That's right. knew, That's knew right. each other, and Ian Fleming was like, I'm gonna write some stories based on the time in the OSS that my friend Chris had. This, I mean, and it was just Christopher. <laughs> I believe it's suspected and not completely confirmed that literally Chris Lee is James. Like exactly. James Bond yeah. is literally based on Chris yes. Lee because of his time in the in the British Secret Service. Yeah, I think it's OSS is their um, secret agency. But I, I'm not, I think I'm not. so. I think it's a World War Two one. It's all yeah, because it wasn't the OSS the American one. No, you're you would be right. You'd be right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Anyways, anyway. <laughs> He's running the genetics laboratory. They have a bunch of stuff in there. There's like, for example, a vegetable medley thing that a scientist yeah. is using to make tomatoes stronger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to make sure they don't break during. They have a transport. I realized they had an air. They have an airline food joke. Yeah, yeah. Was just how do they taste? And he goes, "Oh, I have a call from the chefs of two airlines already." Yeah, the idea that airlines have chefs and <laughs> that they and only that want bad food. <laughs> Hilarious. But one of the gremlins <laughs> drinks this vegetable medley and he just grows vegetables all over him and just becomes like a veggie gremlin and then like hides in salad buffets to jump out at people. Like they immediately Kills understand the, the assignment bar, yeah. every single time. One of the fan favorites, I think, is Electric Gremlin who <laughs> does he drink a potion or just get electrocuted or what happens, but he turns into I could not tell you what I don't remember. He just turns into pure blue electricity. Turns into an animation. <laughs> he turns into it's not, but it's not like an animation. Like it's uh, it's when they what do they call it? rotoscope? Like when they paint it directly on the frame. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 
it's that old school style of animation where mm. it's like this looks weird and painty and i love it yeah i was gonna say i think that one works there's some the the outdated effects are like gizmo walking and stuff like that well that one's superimposed gizmo exactly on... yeah this one is like they look, what, it, that's what i'm saying in terms of effect quality is like this one electricity gremlin is so um i guess like surreal like it is purposely yeah. absurd you'll see it that you, you kind of go with it is usually in very in like much older movies whenever anybody needs to do zappies out of their hands yes. you know they'll like zap out or like beams coming out of their eyes and or whatever <laughs> and you see that it's like that looks like somebody literally drew it on the the, the fucking film cell yeah yeah and that's exactly what happened yeah and it looks fantastic it looks in this occasion because <laughs> they had the budget to make all this stuff incredible yes so electric gremlin is running around electric electrocutes chris lee to death there is Very no confirmation that he's not dead. Big style. I do believe many Don't people count. die in this one. Yeah, they have to. They capture him by he's like blasts out of the wall at some point, <laughs> and Billy just picks up a phone. Catches him in the phone. He goes into the phone and then he sets the phone on hold, and it's a video phone, so you just have a video of you the electric gremlin inside gremlin. there, stuck and like screaming because there's on hold music the whole time. <laughs> and I was telling Ryan this, like, this is the most, like, nonsensical thing that I've, like, never questioned before in my life. Because yeah. it, the idea of Electric Gremlin, yeah, it gets stuck in the phone and gets put on hold. It just makes... It means he's stuck there, It's yeah. that perfect cartoon logic that's, like, makes perfect sense, not question it for one second. It is exactly the logic of if Coyote looks down while chasing Roadrunner over the cliff, he'll notice. He won't drop well, until he, he looks down. Once he notices he's on, yeah. like off of the edge he'll fall but before that yeah. if he just committed he could have made it to the other side right it's i love it <laughs> there's another so good. there's another one that drinks uh a bat potion this this is what i wanted to bring up turns him into was, a bat it definitely turns into a bat a great looking like yeah, that effect it just gives him like bat wings that puppet is awesome well because it's great because it's like the physiology of it is fun because when you look at the wings, the um, the edges of it that like hold the actual wing like flap coming yeah. down off of it, at the corner of it is a gremlin hand mm, mm-hmm. that fa- like the fingers are like weirdly splayed back out, so they are oh. part of the um, in betweens of the flap of the wing. Right, it's like it like so it's uses like they, its own anatomy. It's to, like it expanded the hands and added webbing between the fingers. Exactly, like it created like. That's fucking They're sick. Genetic, anatomically, like, yeah, used from the same DNA. Um, but what you're saying is very funny because we're in a laboratory and they just have potions. They're raw potions. They there's nothing else to describe them as. Well, the potions have a label that just has a picture on them, and this is a picture of a bat. <laughs> this is a picture of a bat. We said there was the picture of the two gender. Um, the, symbols. It's the male and female. The male and female symbols. Symbols. Um, Mars and Venus symbols. Yes. Uh, and if you want to look at astrological sigils, but it implies that there's a flip flop. Yes, right? correct. Um, there was that potion. But I'm like that one was just estrogen. There's a, it was truly just. Um, there there is a spider potion as well. No, and then there is my favorite potion. It's beautiful. Which just has a big brain on. It. Just has a big brain on it. <laughs> Oh, Lee. We just had some uh, thunder and then lightning that fucking shook the house. Oh, boy. 
I, uh, I watched <laughs> the, the light and then the thunder, and it's still a little ways away. Okay, good, good, good. Um, I moved away from the window. <laughs> so the the brainy gremlin. Yes. He immediately, he drinks it. It hurts him a bit. He drops below the table. When he sprouts back up, he's got little nerd glasses, got glasses on. on. <laughs> Talks for a gremlin, like a gremlin for about a second before going into very smart talk, yes. which is classic like cartoon smarty talk where it's just like he's saying still normal things which is using bigger words it's for truly it. i found a thesaurus under there yeah and i'm just using it every chance i get um clearly ramping off of the fact that gremlins already have supreme pop culture knowledge correct from the moment they're born uh at least other gremlins. I feel like... He was voiced like, by all... Tony Randall, by the way. Yeah, I did look it up. I don't think we really know him from anything. Felix from The Odd Couple. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I... He's not... Yeah. So he has... There's three things I noted. He's, okay. He gets glasses out of nowhere. Yes. Makes you smart. The pop culture knowledge and uh, knowledge of just smarty things that you normally have to read. Even if you're really smart, you still have to read them somewhere to understand them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, uh, like book knowledge. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can chalk that up to the gremlin pop culture knowledge. It's just expanded. Like they must, they, they must the have some ethereal connection to knowledge as an idea. They have to inherently... Again, I think the, the brain potion mm-hmm. helps him, like contextualize and understand and is able to I'm just saying there's another thunder strike coming recite thank you um <laughs> able to like recite these out in like another context I think gremlins themselves like inherently know it only in the service of parodying it themselves well it like, makes it what the 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 thing I'm thinking that would make everything <laughs> make sense is that all gremlins or all mogwai mm-hmm. retain the memories of the being that they came off of? Mm-hmm. In this case, meaning that all of them have all the memories that Gizmo of has. Gizmo, yes, who's a big movies and TV watcher. Yes, we did just find out that there is a new TV show called the Se- the Secrets of the Mogwai mm-hmm. on Max. It is 2023. We have not watched it. No, but it looks like it's a children's TV show. Based on the adventures of Gizmo and Mr. Wing when Mr. Wing was a child. Yes. So we're Gizmo... looking at like 70, 80 years back? Yes. Fully. So Gizmo's been from, alive. From the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about like 100 years back. Yeah, exactly. So Gizmo's like at least like 100 years old. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense if. Gizmo keeps finding chances to watch TV, which we know he likes to he do. Loves to do it. That he would have amassed an an encyclopedic knowledge of. Yeah, at least in like the at least the general stuff. They don't know any like niche stuff, Correct. probably, but they know ge- what everybody else knows, right? Yes. Which is classic you know, pop culture they get stuff. Get off of Gizmo, but then you have to remember that they always come out hating Gizmo. Hmm. I'm going to get back to that. <laughs> so their hatred of Gizmo I'm watching the gears turn is maybe based on something since they all know what Gizmo has been up to the whole time before they're born each time. Right. Okay. So think, so hold on to that for a little while. I've got that. That's, that connects to my first point at the beginning of the episode and it connects to something a little further down. Oh, man. Now, Brainy Gremlin. He shows up. Makes sense that he knows all this stuff that Gizmo would know, mm. but he's also got the intelligence 
to make sense of it. Like Gizmo only knew the pop culture stuff, like the the big wow, like look at this entertainment yeah. stuff. That's how most gremlins work. But he's yes. actually smart enough to be like, I understand all that science shit that you heard. I can about articulate in put your these long together. life. Yes, correct. So he's making efforts to talk to humans and talk to them about like how interesting looking at gremlins is as like a like a nature show basically. Like, he gets on a talk show with the um the, the character's played by Robert Prosky um but he's basically um the fucking uncle from the monsters. He's just a vampire dude who hosts like a Joe Bob or like a I, I keep thinking of uh, older versions of it. The uh, older remember. guy from Fright Night. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's a, mon- a movie, a horror movie host. Yeah. Yeah. But he's there dressed a like a Dracula. like an Elvira or a Vampira. Yeah. Like, there's a Vampira. I think there was. I only know. Elvira. Um, but like that's the whole. That's his vibe, but he wanted to be a news anchor and finally gets his chance because none of the news is allowed inside of the mm-hmm. tower. So but he's, he's already in the tower, yeah. broadcasting inside um, with uh, a, a, a Japanese tourist who is an avid photographer. So <laughs> that's why I forgot to mention in the uh, warnings is like Japanese racism again. Yes, there's some stereotypes. Uh, Japanese and Chinese racism cannot help it. Uh, the Chinese is for Mr. Wing. Yep. Uh, they do some more like just like xenophobia joke yeah, throughout right. at the beginning when he's still around and then uh for our japanese tourist it's just playing off the stereotype that japanese tourists like to take a lot of like pictures and film a lot of things exactly which, yeah um which is like it becomes a stereotype because yeah our cultures are very different and anybody who is in one of the other one is going to want to take a lot of pictures exactly <laughs> regardless they make it as that that tourist is not just a tourist because of that. It's because he legitimately loves to take exactly. pictures and like is only interested in that. And so he's awesome. I think at one camera. point he says, I am a camera. I am a camera. <laughs> um, but no. So um, the the Dracula guy is hosting a talk show with Brainy Gremlin, who is like, we want civilization. We want to experience everything. Go to a New York. Do, go to a Broadway show. Figure out how to get tickets for that. We'll have to figure out how to get tickets. But he he gives a whole. Now we have to understand this is a Gremlin who has become intelligent. Yes. Generally, he does... Sentient, yeah. Sentient. Like, well, they're already sentient. Oh, We've true. We've talked no, no, about that. Right, right, right. He seems to understand... He seems to still be in alignment with the Gremlins. The Gremlins still treat him as pretty much the leader. I was going to say, the secret leader is Brain Gremlin. Yeah. You think Mohawk's going to be it, but no, nobody cares. So he, what he's saying there needs to be taken with a certain amount of weight, which he says that <laughs> we Gremlins want what anybody wants and what you humans already have, which is a civilization, mm-hmm. you know, like the niceties of everyday exchanges. <laughs> um, there's a, when he's talking, <laughs> a gremlin comes in with classic puppet gremlin. Favorite part. He, it's, it's a doofy looking gremlin. Yeah. Just going, he's just making fun of Brady. And he just goes, look at this, look at this man. Now look here. And he pulls out a gun and he shoots this gremlin in the face. You see this gremlin, you see how he's understanding. You bang. Is this civilized? No, I know it's not civil. It's like, no, this isn't, this isn't civilized. Was it fun? Yes. Was it fun? Very fun, but not civilized. 
which is but which is my favorite um my favorite fucking reaction is just the talk show I think his name's Fred just fucking very calmly stands up and walks out of the fucking like, I will say after he blows a gremlin away this scene they did it better than Joker that's exactly what I was gonna say I'm sorry I was literally I was literally getting up and like this is both legitimately better and more entertaining than the monologue that Joker gives in the Joker that's so fucking funny. That's it's exactly oh. like the same oh. idea, right? It's it's just like because he's like a, a hopeful person from the gremlin race, and the Joker is a, just a little pissant from the human race. I can't believe that's so fucking good. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was talking about. Um, but this does bring to conclusion the last bit I needed for my culture talk on that Ooh, like okay brainy gremlin makes it clear that they do want society they yes. understand mayhem to be fun they want to engage in that they want that to be part of what they do mm-hmm. but ultimately they still want to proliferate and have society and reproduce yes. and so now when you think about the fact that they know everything that gizmo knows as i feel like i showed in my last point uh-huh. uh they know that Gizmo is very anti any more of them being created, as shown by any time there's water, he tries to avoid it. Correct. Specifically. Yes. So they all hate Gizmo as like a race trader, you know, like oh, as somebody who's man. trying to not let any more of them be born. Yes. Even though all that they desire is culture that indulges in mayhem in the way that they like is cartoonish in their nature, mm-hmm. but does still yet deserve to live as another sentient species right so it yeah. makes sense that they all hate gizmo because they know that they gizmo always stops them from being born yeah i it's on i'm i'm and the first time they only bullied him the second time it makes more sense to torture him if they just they all they know that the he genocided the their last it's sort of a chicken and egg thing yeah i mean they're they're because no they're they constantly in, in, abuse they both abuse so each other. So I would, listen, yeah. if every time something came out of my back, it beat the shit out of me and fucking hated me, I wouldn't want anything coming out of my back. Well. You know what I mean? But. It, we have to assume that if to- this like, time is torture and last movie was only bullying, then we have to assume before then it was even milder. Right? Ooh, if you follow that, that pattern. That is it. That is it. Unless, well, what we got to do is we got to watch, watch Secrets of the Mogwai. Yes. To see how the gremlins treat them in that. What if they're horrible? <laughs> what if they're fine? <laughs> Both are unsettling <laughs> conclusions to make here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the presumption is that the gremlins good, no, are innately point. evil, and that is why Gizmo wants to keep them away. It's Brainy truly... gremlin might be just lying as, like, a ploy to make it more likely that the gremlins get to proliferate in this I situation, you know? Be, I could believe that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It would kind of break my heart. I believe if Brady Gremlin li- is I believe, him, I believe him to be telling the truth. To be honest, um, yeah, that's that's my thing about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the point is there is so a lot more evidence but... that it is like truly dependent on seeing how gremlins originally treated Gizmo. Or, it doesn't matter how they treat Gizmo. How they interact. Like, it um, matters what their true intention is and yes. whether or not Gizmo knows it. Correct. You know what I mean? Yes. That, if they have a yeah, if they have a inherently nefarious 
not just mischievous. I'm talking like yeah, nefarious yeah. purpose and Gizmo is like kill all humans. That he's yeah. so he's constantly like whoa whoa whoa. That's one. I thing. can't allow you to be born to commit because you'll just right. break the plan. You'll just rip it to pieces and fucking destroy everybody. They don't need to. They don't seem to need to eat the same. They never live long enough to have to eat. I guess. Mogwai eat eat. We just don't know and what. It seems like they need to eat. Well, if you think about that, uh, cancer is only cells that won't stop reproducing at too yes. rapid of a rate. The the speed at which gremlins reproduce poses a risk to the planet. Fully, yes. The now, fact that you get a which I'm not gonna lie, I'm glad. I, I think they were funny in that they did the uh, the gremlins invade a microwaving show, which is <laughs> absolutely unhinged. It's very reminiscent. That if you if you recall, it's the first time the gremlins show up in this movie. Yes, and it's very reminiscent of the kitchen scene in the first movie, which I thought was a great yes. callback. They they end up using the microwave as an explosive right. device. Um, they put utensils into it and it fucking blows up. Um, and it's but, to get the the sprinklers to go exactly. off so they get wet. They get they, it's actually a clever way so that they constantly multiply again like the pool. I was gonna laugh my ass off if they just said, "Hey, you know what? There's a pool in one of these <laughs> fucking floors of this building." They hop in there again if, as yeah. like a fuck you of like yeah fucking we don't care yeah fuck you. <laughs> don't but matter they did a fun clever one yeah they had more budget so they got to show what I realized that in the first one we only ever see Mogwai reproduce from yes. the water it's just the fur balls popping off yeah it does happen that Gremlins reproduce directly into Gremlins in the original but yes. we never see it because we see Stripe jump into the pool and then we only see a the foggy Gremlins come out yeah. yeah a dry ice pool <laughs> in this one we actually get to see how gremlin reproduction works awesome little pop which is that you get like weird boils on your back and then there's little baby gremlins in there that like grow up and like stick their heads out they're like it's so cute it's cute and awesome and disgusting (laughs) and like the practical effects in this movie are so fucking good they're truly unbelievable there was a there was a youtube channel that got a gremlin from either you know which either one of the movies and they just Damn. had it up, like, in their background of, like, their talk. There's, like, a movie review pot show. And I just kept looking at them, like, God, that's a good-looking gremlin. God, <laughs> like, I'd love to get man, one. Man, those things are really good. <laughs> I want both a Mogwai and a gremlin. So that's that's one point is just putting a button on the whole, like, gremlin Mogwai society okay. issue. But then when Another comes- long chapter in this ever... I can't wait for part three when we discuss the prequel <laughs> the, show. The, yeah, the series of the Mogwai. Uh, the other part is, like... Their scathing critique of human civilization mm-hmm. and like, I think with Brainy Gremlin talk about how they want society and how they make specific reference to that something that we already have, but the whole movie's already been showing that we have a failed society because we've evolved to these technological pursuits. Yeah, that like it, it almost talks about it like our last step, right? Like, yeah, small town yeah, yeah, America yeah. was good. We were fine, and then our reach past our means into the technological world is what is our downfall. And now we're in decline because we've stepped away from, like, our good be community humans to our evil corporation humans. And the gremlins want that as well. And they're saying they want what we have. They're very clear about that. Mm. And it's just trying to say, like... Gremlins are a sped up version of what we're going through. You hate the gremlins for what they're into, but the gremlins is just a reflection, a reflection of us. Of we, you and they're trying yourself. to push in your face that, yeah, you hate yourself. Well, they, what do they do is they, they make the technology bad. The 
the yeah. cl- clamp tower was already had shitty technology yes. before the gremlins got there. It was already failing because we were pushing it too hard. I was gonna say mm-hmm. gremlins barely fuck up, like yeah. I mean, they, they have it all. Up shit they have it all go down at once, but yes. They, so it just. I don't want to go too deep, but you you hear what I'm saying. There is clearly like a lot of that messaging that you can yes. pull out of there. Once again, I still think it was completely by accident. It's just like a very interesting thing to me it's, that it comes out that way. It's essentially by accident, but there is a button that they put on it at the end with Mr. Clamp, who does essentially see the errors of his way. Yeah, where he's he's talking post. You know, they uh, in the finale they. After everything's fixed. There's a great bit of undermining of the plan is going to work. It's going to go off. And Mr. Clamp is outside going, are we ready to drop this thing? And then a thunderclap and a, li- a lightning strike and a thunderclap come in. And the clouds immediately encompass the sun. And it just starts to rain outside. So if they open, you know, like they're really fucked. Yeah, because um, there's, there's no sun to kill all of them. And they're all in the lobby now. And it would be raining. So New York, it would just be... And More yeah, Gremlins Forever. The uh, the Futtermans from the first movie are here, by the way. Yes, the because Dick Miller killed. has to be in every Joe Dante he's movie. He's great. He's in Demon Knight. If you haven't watched Demon Knight, that's that's probably one yeah. of my Ghost Skull aliens that I'll fight for that doesn't deserve it. He's also in Small Soldiers. He's also in Small Soldiers. Uh, they're around. He manages to sneak back in the building to help the fight. But he gets orders from Billy to blast them all with a fire hose of water. And you're like, Billy, I also don't know what you're doing here. And I'm upset. <laughs> because you're about to... Because the, the lobby, they they do a wide shot of it. And there's a million it's gremlins, gremlins in there. It's wall-to-wall gremlins. And then you're going to blast all of them with water. And it's like, there's about to be, like, a, a, a unfilmable number of gremlins. <laughs> and, a close-ups <laughs> only amount of gremlins. I've watched this movie many times, and even this time, I was like, "What are you doing, Billy?" Yeah, <laughs> you felt you bought it again. I'm just like, Wait I know, I know that this turns out right, but I don't remember this what the plan the is. And Billy, this is in, there must be a better way to do this. <laughs> and it's uh, just that you spray everybody with the water, and then Billy takes that electric gremlin off hold and blasts it off the phone can't say to that. all. The- <laughs> he just points the phone off the balcony, yeah. and it just. Dives in and electrocutes all of the gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> Which still leaves me wondering, where did Electric Gremlin go? Because we don't cover what he... happens to him. Listen. All the other gremlins die. While while Electric Gremlin is bad, like, is tough, the thing for me is he can't get wet. He, he can't. He's yeah. A, he yeah, is yeah, all yeah, 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 yeah. He, like, worst comes to worst if he's still alive. It's annoying, but you can. Let's just take. You know what I mean? This one live bolt of electricity running around shocking people. Listen, gremlins were around in WWII, as fucking Mr. Futterman says, fucking up planes and doing all their stuff. Um, So, you know, whatever. Do you think that the gremlins were released by the Nazis? No. And that's why Gizmo doesn't let them come out anymore. Gizmo was the only one that knew that they were Nazis. Gizmo was wearing a black armband. (laughs) He switched switched it to the red Rambo headband. (laughs) Uh, No, it's fine. It's something we talked about in the first one that like Gizmo watched the show with the car and so then he was like I'm going to drive a racer, the car now. And this one is this more when he watched some Rambo and he was like I'm going to be Rambo. So when they He's the, watching like 
Rambo three or like first blood part two. Like he's watching the, he is not watching the ones that are a harsh, uh, if weird critique of the military industry, like, you know, the traumas of war. First blood is an anti-war movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it's message is not woohoo. This was so great. Yeah. Two and three are, and four are explicitly pro war. So funny. (laughs) He's watching one of those. And then the gremlins torture him for ever. 45 minutes of the movie. (laughs) And then it literally like the, the movie even says that they pushed him too far. It's so adorable coming from Billy. He's a great love. He just, I think they just pushed him too far. And you're like, oh my God. There's a while of him training montage between other scenes happening, but he puts on the red Rambo headband (laughs) and he builds a little bow and arrow out of a paper clip and like (laughs) a a rubber band and like white out and like a little match. It's so good. Yeah. And Mohawk, and he fucking bodies him completely. Yeah, because he lights it, and so it's actually a flaming <sighs> arrow that he sets Mohawk on fire it's, with. It, my favorite thing about Gremlins is they ve- they set up this like very obvious weakness, and you're like, oh, cool. And in most things, you'd be like, oh, that's like the only way to kill yeah. them. Wrong. You can just kill them. That just also kills them. You can them. just... They have a specific... They're worse than... Being, they have a specific aversion and, you know, fatal weakness to sunlight. But also, if you have a gun, you just blow them away. <laughs> so you gotta remember, the, the threat of a gremlin is not a single gremlin. It's, it's a, a community. Yeah. And that's why... It's community. It's community. And that's why it's important. It, it, you can't it, say that like you're writing a fucking dissertation. I on am it. writing a dissertation. That's what you're saying. Because on one hand, it makes perfect, like, this is why I was talking about vampires are so good, is because, like, their weaknesses very clearly keep them in line and, like, defeatable, right? Yes. In this movie, it is not about defeating one gremlin. It is about, like, you have until sundown, because then they can proliferate out of control. Exactly. And they can escape. And once you can't get all of them at once, you have to get them in one trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So you only have till the end of the day. That is what their true weakness is, right? Yes. Because you can kill... You can kill a thousand. It doesn't matter if there's one left. They can make a thousand more. So that is what, why it makes sense. Movie context. And then also makes sense is like, back to my points about community, you know, and I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go down it. Gremlins 2, the new batch. It's about community. It's about community. (laughs) Anyways, I'm I'm glad we didn't forget to mention Gizmo Rambo because he's so cute. He's so great. They talk about putting him into merchandise at the end of the movie Mr. Clamp does and he's like well we gotta take this red headband off and he's like no <laughs> and he's like well still no the red headband's gotta stay on <laughs> he's like, he is ram- for, yeah. the, for the rest of eternity we don't have any gremlins media after this movie so presumably he wears the red headband for Always. the rest of the time yeah the red he headband truly got pushed on. too far and he forever is now like a Rambo Mogwai and, presu- <sighs> and I would assume that even if he gets wet he will kill he'll his kill him the, brothers. He'll, he'll grab the fucking. He'll grab the little yeah. balls that pop off him and just fucking smash him he'll into just the smash dirt. Him, yeah. yeah. So I don't think we're gonna have any more gremlin problems. Oh man! Now, as you're saying, we have to shock all the gremlins because it starts storming. But Mister Clamp does come in with his SWAT team of people who work for the building. Yeah, not not for the realized. police. Police are out there, but it's not the people who come in because he's dressed in the same gear as them. He is fully kitted yeah. out. We uh, wrap up everybody's stories pretty much. He goes around kind of actually being a hero. So he's, um, and there was a thing about this. He isn't really the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like he is more like a goofy 
kind he's, of character. He's, he's like, not not the archetype of the fool because it's a completely different thing. But like he is the he, he's the jester of the situation. You Essentially, know? Like he, yeah. He is part of this whole mistake that we made in society. Exactly. He doesn't really learn from him, but as the leader, basically in charge of the direction the society's heading, he's like back to basics. He's aiming for a better the goal. The movie makes then. the right choice for society by being like, we are now going to turn away yes. from this like less human, less heart thing and him, turn back to small thought, even if we're going to like make it into a fucking megaplex. Even though I'm corporatizing, he goes, I'm going to have the biggest, greatest, quietest small town you've ever yeah. seen. Um, yeah, his whole rant on like this place is a tower of things for things, and it's no yeah. surprise that an attracted thing, attracted thing. I'm like, damn, you're spitting. Like, this wasn't a place for people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um, love that it sends complete. Like, this is why I don't think that the movie really knew what it was doing, because it's like, yeah, they land on like, you're right, small town, better, but it. Does not understand like that the direction they were going in was evil. Mr. Clamp is evil. He's only going to continue to do evil things. And Billy also sees him as like not a bad guy. Yeah. You know? And it's remember, remember, it's 1990. They can't, they don't know any better. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're still in that very, they're about to they be. They don't in know a, any better now. They're, they're in, they just came off of one of the most big corporate and things heavy decades. And they're about to go into a second corporate things heavy decade. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're really in it bad. So him going, hey, this guy's great because now he wants to make now he wants to make my hometown everywhere and <laughs> make all this money from it is like, oh boy. Um, but yeah, they they split off the evil like the villain duties of him to that other security guy. The the guy who ends up with ah yes, yes 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 there is. One guy we didn't mention, um, his name... Forrester? Uh, Forrester, yeah. Forrester. He is, like, the main minion of Mr. Clamp. Yes. And he's the one who runs the tower with an iron fist. And He has a lot of the jokes about, like, corporate-approved stuff. Or, yeah. like, everybody wants to add a little touch. Um, he's super entertaining uh, in the movie. A coffee was... mug that says, world's greatest lover. Or an ashtray that says... Put your butt rest here. Your rest butt your butt here. here, and and all of us immediately went. That's a good. That's actually. I was not. I was like, yep. I agree thing. with you. I don't like any of these things. <laughs> Shedden was like, buy me one. Shedden was like, buy me immediately. Like, I hate you. Uh, he is so. Lady Gremlin thought he was super hot. Yes. And the movie literally ends with him stuck in a bathroom up on one of the high floors, and Lady Gremlin comes out in uh, a bride like a wedding dress, and is like singing the wedding song. And he's hiding on the shelf, and then he like his his face turns, and it's like very clear, like with only facial acting, he's like I'm in horror, and like well, this could actually be okay. okay. I'll I'll I could go along with this until people come to get me. She got she them fangs are thanging, you know what I mean? She's I, I apparently she's got game because she, she got clearly does. she got all the gremlins to to like revere <laughs> her the as the Marilyn Monroe in the society. fucking world yeah. is the the like seriously I couldn't stop laughing when they just cut to the overhead shot of all the gremlins holding the fucking things the tiles and putting it's, them in place to make a giant picture of her if it <laughs> and seems the eye opens and she fucking rises up from I, it. 
if it sounds hard to like understand what Brian's talking about is because it it's like something that happens in like extremely high production Broadway. Like, I don't even, even, I don't like even movie know. Musicals, I don't even really. know if like a musical. Like, I think it has to be like a movie musical. A movie musical, musical how like yeah. how intense it is. Uh, it like you understand the vibe perfectly <laughs> when you see it, but there's just no way to properly describe exactly. to you to, to, for you to get the gravi- get it, the gravity of like what they're doing. The for sheer her. fucking hilarity of what they're doing. And all she does is come out of it like she's about to sing a number, she and then she just, she doesn't talk because she's in gravity. <laughs> so it's just the only one who can funny. Sing yeah. is the one singing. <laughs> which brings me to one of my points, which is so sad. Like when they all get electrocuted, they're all like melting. And first of all, time for a, a one last bit where there's a, a gremlin who's put on a witch hat just so he can go, I'm melting. What a world. What a world. Yeah, full uh, fucking Wizard of Oz shit. But we see Brainy Gremlin. He's still got his little glasses on. He's a skeleton. And he's still singing like New York in a deranged kind of yeah. way. Yeah. You know what it is? Is it? It, it just brutal. it just brings me back to memories of certain characters in Walking Dead after they've been <laughs> hit in the head. It just it freaks me oh out when a beloved character like is trying to talk Isn't when they have dead, brain you know, like, damage after dying. being like severely assaulted. That shit just freaks me out. It's, it's like, horrifying. Uh, that complete removal of like the the corruption of sentience. You know, watching the, the functioning. Draw, like fall away Where it's like you're kind of in there but it's like oh my god does all of our sentience actually come from a physical brain it's and just that's a it? flicker like, of it and you're like yeah. oh, the yeah. fact that i can see that it's, um it's weird and freaky and i thought that was sad for the for one <laughs> the one bit the one thing i did i just wanted to mention it because it was so funny when it happened because it's so again it's a perfect encapsulation of how fucking juvenile the gremlins are is when phoebe cates is in the elevator and they have taken over the mm-hmm. elevator and she it's a voice activated oh one, my so God. she calls for the floor and you hear it like kind of crackly different you're like that's weird it goes and she goes elevator stop and it stops and then she goes sound alarm and it's all the gremlins just go eh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the bitch she's sh- terrified because yeah. she's about to go through another trauma but like they do shit like that the all the time. The way it is is so fucking funny that they like maliciously comply with the requests. This movie's also different because there's a lot of funny human things too. Because they just have like, she at one point pulls the fire alarm, and the <laughs> the building to everyone in the entire building is like fire, nature's great destroyer and eliminator of the forest. <laughs> yes, there is a fire in the building right now. <laughs> Please evacuate yeah. as fast as you can. It's yeah. unbelievable. They yeah, like, like that the whole time. When it, when uh, Billy goes into the men's room at one point with Gizmo, the men's room is she's like, "Hey there, hey men. there, Mister. Welcome, Welcome to the men's room." <laughs> That's like that somebody's leaving. Is it's so like, funny. I hope you wash your hands. <laughs> it's a perfect like. It's so good at mocking that corporate and like that over technology technological when you first culture. go into the building yeah. it's like have a powerful day <laughs> him it it having to explain because they come in the next day and the fucking um revolving door is obviously not working he's yeah. stuck inside and he goes the technicians are working on the revolving door now please use the manual door in case you need to whatever and have a powerful like the fact that it has to run cover for the fact that its revolving doors are so shitty is so funny to me that that's it's, programmed in there. It's like, so good. It's great. <sighs> yeah. 
I that's I mean the the rest of the movie is just filled with bits for the most part. We have, I forgot we to mention that that, talk that, about all of them, yeah. that bat gremlin uh it, when Brainy Gremlin <laughs> first awakens, he's talking about like he purposely gives bat gremlin sunblock potion. He injects him with fucking which genetic he mentions sunblock. It's only for nocturnal creatures. Yes. Which is why it makes sense that Provides they only you an give opportunity it to, to yes, bat a, a unique opportunity gremlin. to explore. The way yeah. gr- Brainy Gremlin talks is so good. There's no, yeah. Uh, but Bra- but Bat Gremlin flies out into New York and he can be out in the sun and he yes. fights Futterman. He immediately finds Murray Futterman and tries to kill him. Uh, <laughs> And Murray manages to get him into some wet cement, and then he flies off, and understanding the assignment pr- perfectly, <laughs> very fast, flies over to a church, and then gets himself into a gargoyle pose so that he can freeze like that as a statue forever. It's so good. It's so perfect. Yeah, the, and the, the, the bits just keep on coming, folks. So if you've not watched yeah. Gremlins 2, the new batch, watch the first one, because it does make references yes. to it that you need to watch to understand. It's still a delightful movie. I think it's a great setup payoff situation. Yeah. Like, because m- m- part of the stuff doesn't work if you haven't seen. I've realized that perhaps Gremlins 2, the new batch, is maybe the best sequel of all time. <sighs> there are some really good sequels. We got Toy Story 2, it's like the main thing that gets brought up. Oh. What else you got? The Godfather Part 2. Hmm. I like it. Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, Return of the King, Terminator Two. That's fair. Well, I don't mean that it's better than those movies, you know. By saying it's the best sequel of all time, that's what you mean. That's not what I mean. The number one sequel. Tell me what I mean. What do you mean then? I mean it's the best. The number one at being a sequel. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I mean. Think about it. It. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, that's probably enough. Uh, next week, I say we take take it off. Yeah, we're gonna be recovering from New Year's. Uh, New Year's Day is on a Monday, so we're gonna be gone. But we will see you the week after. Yeah, we're January. also we've been talking a lot about how much streaming services have been raising their prices and adding ads and things like. We that. We want to keep doing the show. Let me first of yeah, all, the show will keep let's going. Let's not scare the audience. With well, yeah, but I'm, I'm like, maybe we gotta switch up some of the, how the we, core elements. Yeah. Of how yes. We uh, we'll be re- reviewing movies still, but well, it's, it used to be we all used to just kind of have every streaming service, but that's becoming untenable. Exactly. And so we wouldn't expect you to have that just be able to listen to the show, and we don't want to have it anymore either. So, uh, <laughs> as we move into new eras, we gotta, we gotta move and flow with, with exactly. what's going on. So we're, we're gonna keep discussing that and think about how we'll proceed into the new year. Absolutely. We will be proceeding. Just taking a We are proceeding taking a break next week. For yeah. sure. I also want to thank Isa Storio for our wonderful theme song Dead Walk. You can catch John from Isa Storio or various other guests by going to thebloodystream.com and clicking on pod people. Absolutely. Um hit us wherever you're at with a like, a subscribe, uh five stars for a review because they don't listen not that we think, I mean, I do think the show is five stars, but I'm not just saying that because you have to. It's the only one they listen to in terms of reviews. It's sort of a binary system. They don't subscribe to a Mr. Cool. It's a ghost, skull, alien, or bust. Um, you can find us on social medias at Bloody Stream Pod, and we will talk to you, same bloody time, same bloody channel. <laughs>